I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Millennials Podcast. I'm Smith. I'm Seth. We are currently down one man this week. We Marcus. are back to the dry times. The pod, the classic podcast is happening right now. Yes. Um, yeah, we are not oh, moist. Millennials after dark. We uh, just say whatever we want. Yep. No, no longer Marcus is here to act as a moderating influence. Like, yeah, Marcus yes. is usually keeping us real subdued. <laughs> So he's not there to act as a valve. Time to pull the sleeves up for a second. Oh yeah, Selenials knights out here, baby. Um, but yes, I have, I'm coming in hot with some fresh topical news. Okay, hit me. So the song "Old Town Road" by Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. You've heard of it? Uh, yeah. Okay, it's a big song. When it first got released, it was a big country song. But then the racists who are in charge of the country billboard were like, no, that's not a country song. So it, it got taken off that and it just went back to pop and hip hop on the billboards. And when the song, the song got big, it was number one. And we were like, you know what? This is going to be the song of the year. Maybe it's a song of the summer, maybe even song of the year. But as of today, Old Town Road is the biggest song of all time. Are you, wait, it, what? It broke the record for most weeks in a row at number one on the Billboard with 17 straight weeks. Um, that's kind of crazy. And it is now the all-time biggest song ever um, as far as Billboard records go. Uh, that's that surprising as hell. I didn't know that was a thing. 17 weeks is over one-third of the year. And that it's been number one on the on the Billboard charts. So, uh, a lot of it due to the fact that remixes of songs still count towards the original songs Billboard. So he just kept pumping up remixes to keep it at number one, and it worked out pretty well for him because now he has the record. Um, that is that's a hell of an achievement for a guy who, yeah. I mean, is essentially a one-hit wonder, right? Like yeah. right, right now, and he wasn't even a musician. He was a meme guy on Twitter who just wanted to make this song. Now I think it was originally like. A meme about Red Dead Redemption 2, like some like video that was made for that. Mm-hmm. And he just he was spurned by the country community, so he took that all the way to a record setting uh chart topping hit. So good on the kid, man. It's uh it's fantastic. Did you hear what happened by the way with him recently with uh uh, uh Pete Buttchug? No. Uh, Pete Butchug had requested that Lil Nas X do another Old Town Road remix with him. Mm -hmm. And Lil Nas X said no. And Lil Nas X said, who are you? He dropped out of like an event where he's going to appear because he was like, I'm not doing this with you. Yeah, I don't know who you are. Okay. 
Yeah, no one really knows who Pete Buttigieg is, except that uh, he he is currently polling at an incredible zero percent with Black Americans. Wow. So Lil Nas X might honestly not know who he is. John Delaney is 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 at least polling higher than that, and that's insane to me. I think John Mulaney would poll <laughs> higher than that. It it's impressive to poll. Listen, Trump polls above zero percent with Black Americans. Like holy yes. shit. What do you have to do at this point? Apparently, this is be be uh be Pete Butchug. Yeah, just be uh completely unknowable and unlikable, and it'll uh it'll get you there. So has Lil Nas X like made any indications that he is going to like release other songs at some point? Oh, he, he released a seven song EP uh like two three weeks ago. How did how how was it? it it's all right. I mean, it's like. You know, nothing's as big as Old Town Road, obviously. But he's he's got a song with like Cardi B. It's pretty good. So yeah, I don't I don't see him. I don't see him staying in the music thing though. I think Old Town Road is just kind of a thing for him. I, but I do think he's a very funny and uh, like very genuine person. Like you see him in interviews and stuff. He seems I don't know. He's just very down to earth and takes the success with big strides. So I do I do think that um I think he'll have a career doing something else. He's a very funny guy. I can honestly see him doing some kind of comedy stuff. So I, I yeah I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I feel like the problem there is that, or with his like music career, I guess, is how do you follow that? Like you just said, it's the biggest song of all time. You know, yeah. how do you? And follow it's his that? first song, or his first like song that got made on the Billboard. Right. So, what do you do next? You know, how, could could, could anyone overcome that? You know, I mean, he's only like nineteen years old. So True. <laughs> We'll find out eventually. Well, let's say that let's say the Beatles had done the same thing, right? Their first song they ever released was like, you know, bigger than fucking anything else. Could they? Do you think they could have come back and done some more? Most, I think, yeah. Just because back then, like, stuff was so different. Like, the music industry now versus the music industry then, so much different. Especially with stuff like streams and like back then, you uh, an artist would put out an album and it would be on the billboard top 100 for the next 10 years because there's only so many albums out that's true so, right? it's, it's a lot different now than it is than it was back then. yeah now if the billboard if the beatles came out in the streaming world i don't know how they'd fare i think it might might be a little rough on their uh, their schedules and such but well isn't that the plot to that movie yesterday yes which i still haven't seen i've been meaning to see it but yeah it's about i mean but that's where a world where we don't know who the beatles are mm-hmm. then well, i guess one guy is now the beatles yeah, he like so. starts doing their songs or whatever. Yeah, but like, and but then like some some other people who remember the Beatles show up and they're like, "You're stealing their songs." Yeah, and that's all he, I know from the trailer that I saw. And then he apparently meets uh, present day John Lennon, who was not ever murdered. Oh, nice! Which is just a really weird thing for a movie to do, but all right. Cool. I did hear that in the original show they were also gonna, as a joke, also get rid of Tom Cruise. Oh, like really? Tom Cruise never existed. He was gonna like try to bring up some Tom Cruise movies, and they're be like, "What? What's that?" Apparently, at the end and not the credits or whatever, you also find out he's the only person who remembers Harry Potter. Oh wow, that would be hey, that would be big. You rewrite those books from memory. Hell Fucking, yeah, you'd make so much money, and maybe you wouldn't be a piece of shit like J.K. Rowling. That is true. That is true. Speaking of J.K. Rowling, sir, uh, yes, let's take a little trip across the pond. Let's check on our... Uh, oh, our across fr- the pond! Our friends oh, in yeah. lovely London. London? Let's go down to 10 Downing Street and have a, have a gander at the Prime Minister. You see what's happened over there with the Prime Minister? 
No, did he uh, look at some naked pictures of like a dog? Oh, well, so you do know there is a new prime minister, though. No, why would I know that? Well, you said he, so I thought you knew. Oh, no. I just assume all politicians are men these days. No, remember, because they had Margaret Thatcher back in the 80s. Oh, they had Margaret Thatcher. You're right. You're right. But, But, you know, sometimes we're going backwards in history, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but they they recently just had Theresa May as as their prime minister. Oh, that's Um, who she is. I hear that name so much. Well, she just stepped down and has been replaced by a guy named Boris Johnson. Boris. Okay, I've heard this guy's name a lot recently. Yeah, he looks like a big fucking like orangutan. If if an orangutan yeah. was like white, um, yeah. he has like b- like blonde hair. It's always like like messed up and shit. Um, I think you may remember him from when he got. I think he got stuck when he was like the mayor of London or something on a zip line and fun <laughs> him for it. Um, Is it because he's like super fat? Uh, I think it's just that it jammed up or whatever. Uh, uh, he was like promoted to the Olympics or some shit. He's not like a William Howard Taft kind of guy who gets no, stuck in his I mean, own he's, he, yeah, he's a solidly built man, I'd say. Uh, but regardless, he uh, is now the prime minister and he has an incredible job. So do you know what it is? What? It is to get Brexit done by October 31st. As in he wants to continue it. Yes, to finish the process. Wow. He's and like, you said, wait, what, September 29th? October thir- 31st. October 31st. Okay, Halloween, so Halloween. motherfucker. It's going to be some okay. scary-ass times in the UK. So are they really going to keep doing that? They're not going to decide they're just doing the dumb thing and they're just going to do Brexit? Nah, man, the referendum stands. That's so crazy, especially since, like, I mean, uh, we just talked a little on, on sex. This, a lot of this came from a meme. Mm-hmm. People were just like memeing about it, and then it became law, and now they're like, oh wait, no, we didn't mean that. Yeah, it's like, they can't take it back, and I feel like a lot of people, they, they, if, they, if they wanted to, could, that they would say, let's not do this, actually. Because um, a lot of folks were like, yeah, I was just doing a protest vote. I think they'd actually pass it. I think it actually, it actually happened. And everyone's yeah. like, oh shit, it's happening. And they're realizing that they, they their trade deals are going to disappear, and it's going to be fucking crazy, dude. It's just going to be insane. Um, but see, this Boris Johnson guy, you know, he he was one of the main people who campaigned for Brexit. You know, he, he was one of the guys who told all the crazy lies and shit and, and convinced people to vote for it. Um, I'm not sure why. I'm, I don't really know what motivated. I mean, I know what motivated Brexit is like racism or whatever. Um, but it's just been it's just been crazy. And do you want to hear the latest uh, crazy idea that someone had? This is not a person in government. It's just something someone said on Twitter. Laid on me. So we talked about this before, I believe. Uh, but one of the problems with Brexit is that, you know, uh, um, Ireland and the UK are not the same country, really. There's like a, there's a part of Ireland that's part of, that's part of the, well, it's part of the UK, but like part of the, the island of Ireland is part of the, the, the nation of Britain, right? Or England yes. or whatever you want to call it. The other part, though, is independent, you know, country unto itself. And if, you know, the Britain leaves the EU, that part of, of Ireland's island is going to become uh, separate. And this is why they fought all that crazy shit back in the 80s and 90s, right? Uh, between, these, between these two areas. And so the idea someone had was, let's just go ahead and invade Ireland. Just, you said invade? Just invade it. To what cause? Let's just go ahead and pacify the people ahead of Brexit. And and who who is we in this case? The UK. They're just gonna 
storm the jolly green borders of Ireland. Yep. And take it by force. Mm-hmm. My favorite part was the person who I'm, said this said, "Oh, there wouldn't there would not be much resistance." Yeah, I don't know if I don't. I don't if there's one thing we know about Irish people is that they're very, you know, even keeled. <laughs> <laughs> In a word, I've watched Boondock Saints about a hundred times. Irish people are extremely calm and composed at all times. Yes, Boondock <laughs> Saints. That's actually the national movie of Ireland. <laughs> On the poster of the movie, it says, most accurate movie ever made. The best movie about, about Ireland that takes place in Boston. Yeah. I mean, that's where most of Ireland is these days, so. It's true. That is where all the true Irish people live at. Yeah, it's like Norman Reedus. Is he Irish? Like, I don't do think I so. He talks a little well. I, was I think say, the other guy's Irish. I, who is that guy even? Do you remember who he is? I don't remember his name, but I've, I have seen that movie a fair amount of time too. I think his name was Dominic Deegan. Is that it? That, that's a that's a, that's a horrifying internet reference that I just made. Oh, okay. Um, oh, Sean Patrick Flannery. That is that dude. That is the most Irish name ever. That's pretty Irish. That's got to be so. Irish. He's not in a lot of movies though. I think it was like that was his big movie, really. Yeah, and then Norman Reedus. You know, he's on. Uh, I think he's on some TV show now. Yeah, something about uh, vampires or something like that. I don't know much about him. But yeah, so they're going to do Brexit. They're going to invade Ireland. Going to keep it nice and uh, pacified, as you know it would be. Um, I feel really... I know a lot of people over there, and I feel really bad for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I I do laugh a little bit, because you know what? At least America's not alone, right? Yeah, that's true. We we at least have some some company here in the terrible decisions department. Yeah, so, uh, j- just a heads up, uh, Norman Reedus is he's American. He was born in Hollywood, Florida. Oh, oh. um, and his family is of Italian descent. So yeah, really, yes, interesting. So don't believe everything you see on Boondock Saints. <laughs> um. I would not have guessed Norman to be to be Italian. That's that's interesting to me. Yeah, he's also going to be in the most ambitious game of all time. So we'll see how that goes. That's true. He will be because um, um, Kojima's like in love with him or something. Who knows? I, I don't know. Kojima's a he's a fun guy. He's like in love with with Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, very both very like strikingly interestingly looking men. True. Like yes. some people find some people find Mads Mikkelsen to be just the sexiest slab of fucking hot dick meat in a, in the world, <laughs> and I, I guess he's a good looking guy. But he, no matter what, he is very interesting when you look at him. He scares me, dude. Yeah, I mean, you seen fucking Hannibal? The guy's intense. Even before that, in Casino Royale, he was scary as shit. That's true. That's true. That movie has some. Uh, some painful memories attached to it. Not memories, but, like, thoughts. Just because of all the stuff that happens to the balls in that movie. I'm about to say, the part where he's beating fucking James Bond's balls to death. And he's like, and the, honestly, to me, the beating the balls part is pretty bad, obviously. But the fact that he's in an old, hollowed-out wicker chair, mm. that can't be comfortable. Like, that has to be probably, honestly, one of the worst parts. We've I like all how you're, you're concerned about the chair. But like you, have you you know what those old wicker chairs like? Can you and like 
the part where you're like anus and balls are is where it's like all torn off. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, just dig in for days of it. I thought the point of that chair was so his balls would just hang there exposed. I know. I think that's that's the point, but there's also a side effect. Mm. You're in an old wicker chair. I mean, it's gonna hurt you. Right, do you do you need your do you need your balls to work to get a boner? I don't. I don't know. I know I you can you have do. like a vasectomy and still get a boner, but vasectomy just cuts off the vas deferens. I guess as long as blood can still rush to your dick, you should be able to get a boner. Wait, but that was a plot point in Game of Thrones, right? Where Grey Worm still had his dick, but not his balls. Yeah, and he still had. He still banged. So. Oh wait, no, it, no, no, no. It's opposite. They took. Wait, no, no, no. But for him, they took the dick and left the balls. That's what it was. So how did he fuck? I think he just ate her out, right? I guess he. Yeah, I guess he just went down and fucking. Anyways, yeah. hey well, man, well, shout I, out to Grey Worm. Yeah, hell yeah, Grey Worm, my boy. But for real though, after that horrifying beating that James Bond took, how could he ever get a boner again? I don't know. That's hey, that's just James Bond, man. That man, he he fucks as well. I think there was once a, stati- a statistic that's like about how many women James Bond has actually slept with if you follow all the movies. Mm-hmm. And then I also think there was a stretch of movies like the Sean Connery movies where James Bond never once woke up in those movies without a woman in his bed. <laughs> never. So, yeah, that's James Bond. Very interesting uh, series of movies. I want to buy the, the Broccoli family in the UK. Is that for real? Yeah, the guys who own the rights to the movie are called the, the, the Broccoli family. So they also invented Broccoli. Yes, and they're adamant against, uh, they're so very serious about not letting Christopher Nolan direct a James Bond movie. Why is that? It's his life's mission. They don't want a non-British director directing it. Um, I would have, I would have thought until this very moment Christopher Nolan was British. Apparently not. He's, uh, and and apparently, and it's like one of his biggest goals is to do James Bond, so, uh, maybe one day they'll loosen up. Maybe once they make another shit movie like Spectre, they'll let him have the reins. Ooh, shots fired. You know that movie is trash. It's trash, yeah. Movie is er- terrible. But I did see um, an interesting thing this morning. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know at one point Sam Neill was going to play James Bond? Really? Instead of Dalton? I love Sam Neill. I saw a screen test for The Living Daylights where Sam Neill was there. And I was like, I would watch the shit out of this movie. Sam Neill is one of those actors that like, we've kind of forgotten about, but he had a he had a fucking run. Yeah, he did. And, yeah, I missed the hell out of that guy. He needed no more movie. But, yeah, um, so that was a weird, a weird uh, path that movie history could have taken. Could have been interesting. Yeah. British Prime Minister. Boris Johnson. Which, by the way, Boris is a primo dumb guy name. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, the name they use to have for, like, any henchman in, like, a movie with, like, you know, people who are in the UK, like, mobsters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fucking Boris, go get my fucking stack of money. Or my, sorry, my stack of pounds. <laughs> um, go get me f- my, my stack of quid. <laughs> my my, my uh, bag of pence. Is that what they have, I think? They have, they have pence over there? Pence, pounds. I don't know, I'll just call it Gold money. coins, I don't know what they use over there. Yeah, doubloons. doubloons. <laughs> my pirate treasure. Yeah. They are an island nation, you don't you never know. Yeah, you never know. But yeah, so, um, I mean, he's just an idiot. Like, he's, well, I mean, there are some people who say he's not an idiot and say he's, like, actually just putting on that dumb guy routine. Um, but I did see this incredible video. I don't know if you saw this or not. I guess you probably haven't. Um, 
he's like doing an interview, and this guy is like, "So what do you do for fun? Like, how do you relax?" And he, he just, just sitting eats there. soup. <laughs> he is not. He is not the British Ted Cruz, thankfully. He sits there, Seth, and he's like, um, uh, uh, I like to, I like to build, uh, I build, <laughs> I like to build model buses. If you're gonna make up a hobby, don't start it with build, okay? <laughs> there is a lot of stuff that goes along with saying the word build. <laughs> and he talks about how he makes model buses and <laughs> paints them or whatever. And it's just the, the the interviewer can't quite believe what he's hearing. Like if he had said, "Oh, I I build like ships and bottles," I'd be like, "Okay, that's a thing that people some people actually do." No one's building buses. Yeah, like like little toy buses. Apparently, he makes them from scratch. From scratch. Yes. This. I, this better man better have an Instagram where he posts his bus pictures. I would give I would give anything to see one of these fucking buses he's made. Although I'll give him this, Boris the Bus, pretty good nickname. That's a good nickname actually. He should go Boris the Bus. What's his last name? Johnson. Johnson. Boris the Bus Johnson. There we go. That's a good. That's good. And also, since his last name is Johnson, he can imply that his dick is like as big as a bus. By the way, Seth, can we talk about cats? Okay. So, and guys, anybody who's listening to this, the, the one people out there who's listening, this is not a movie podcast. No, it is but not. But we have to talk about cats. Oh my because, god. Because, because, because when this movie first started being made, they were, people were like, oh, they're going to do the costumes like the original musical, which by the way is one of the most successful musicals of all time. And it's so easy to make this movie. Um, and the studio was like, no. We're gonna. We have this CGI fur technology that's gonna really knock your socks off, and you're gonna really believe we see four cats, and you're gonna believe this musical. And let me tell you, I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> when I watched that trailer and it came out, I was like, "Burn it down, just end it." It looks so bad. <laughs> Not only does the CGI fur look awful. And awfully expensive. But two, on top of all of that, they are going to release this movie the same day as The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars Episode Nine. What are they thinking? I, I mean, hey, I'm all for counter-programming, pro- but your counter-programming cannot be that expensive and that fucking stupid. I mean, I just don't understand, like, what what are these going to happen here? And then you look at the cast list, and you're like, what is going on? Taylor Swift and Jason Derulo are in this movie? And you got fucking uh, Judy Dench and I- Idris Judy Elba? Dench. James Corden? Oh my god. Like, what is going on with this? I mean, and I, if you have not seen this trailer, listeners, I beg you. It looks terrible. So bad. And... I mean, the excuse they're going to have, not for the way it looks, but the one excuse that everyone has with the, with the musical Cats is there's no plot. Which is true. There is no plot to the, the, the show Cats. There's a very loose plot, but mostly it is literally just a, the, every song is sang by a cat about who they are. That's what the song is. That's what the show is, with a bunch of songs here and there. And they're all like trying to go to heaven. But that's very loose in the whole thing. So that's going to be the excuse. It's like, oh yeah, it's just this movie's, you know, it's, there's no, no plot. What are you supposed to do with it? But no, it's bad. I cannot wait. I don't think they've released yet what the final budget is for this movie, but I can't wait for them to release it. Because it's got to be over like 150 probably. 
and it is not going to be worth that. I just want to point out real quick that someone was posting the names of characters in the movie Cats, and there were I mean, two. I'll, yeah, the cats have crazy names. Seth, there's a cat named Bustifer. Bustifer, when for whenever you got a bust a fur ball. <laughs> And another one is named, I'm not kidding you, Rum Tum Tugger. Yeah, Rum Tum Tugger. He's not the most famous one. His name's Rum Tum Tugger, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, how uh, you... <laughs> I mean, the play's from a long, long time ago. Written and directed by uh, the, the great uh, Dane Sir Angel Lloyd Webber. Which, what uh, happened there, Seth? What happened? Adapted to some uh, from some T.S. Eliot poems. I don't know why I know so much about cats. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like really fucking old. I guess back then maybe they didn't know what Rum Tug Tugger could be turned into. I've heard some people say that Android Lloyd, Lloyd Webber was super high on, on coke when he wrote this play. I'm sure he did. And, I mean, I'm sure he was. But, I mean, there's something to it, I guess. Because, like I said, this was the longest running musical of all time. It just recently left Broadway for the first time ever, and people were, like, crazy about it. Wait, are you for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, I, I'm pretty sure, except for maybe Lion King the musical, I think it's the longest-running musical of all time oh, at Broadway. Um, it, I mean, it's, in, it's incredibly successful. It's one of the, most, one of the single most successful pieces of uh, media ever. And there's already been a movie when they recorded the stage play back in, like, 1997 or something. Don't know why I know that. And it's already been, it's already happened. It was great because the stage play is what everyone loves. So they recorded it. They recorded it very well. They put it on a DVD, and you can watch it. We don't need this monstrosity. It's I just I can't understand what they were thinking. How how does this make it past anyone? How did anyone look at the first test footage of the CGI fur and say, "Yes, this is what audiences want." You know how you know it's bad, Seth? Even how? The, even the furries don't like it. Oh my god, they lost the furries. The furries are like, nope, too human. Yeah, fur- furries are more into stuff like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog than they are into this. Which, by the way, we owe the Sonic the Hedgehog people a huge apology. Yeah, they did not make the worst looking CGI of the year. First of all, I didn't think it looked bad anyway. Me neither. But they did not make the worst... CGI. It's definitely going to go to cats. I cannot imagine someone being worse than them. And if they are, then I don't know what we're going to do anymore. And the thing about the cats CGI is, in my opinion, it looks good, but it does not look like a good thing I want to see. It it is technically, I guess, advanced and proficient and 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 well and well done, but it's like you used CGI to render the best-looking turd ever. I don't want to look at that. Yeah, that's that's true. And yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe they thought they were gonna ride on the coattails of this this in quotes photorealistic Lion King movie that's out now. Ooh, um, which is. From uh, oh uh correspondent uh Ben Powell uh movie critic uh phoned in and told me that it's a uh it's just a remake of the nineteen ninety four movie with less vibrant colors and not as good voice acting. So yeah. I've been saying this the entire time. 
if this sounds interesting to you, go for it. It's for me. Just, I was like, I knew it was gonna be lame, but I was like, if the voice acting is good, because they cast a bunch of good people, I was like, if the voice acting is good, it'll be a good movie. Apparently, it just doesn't save the movie enough. Yeah, I cannot get behind these cynical Disney live action cash ins on their existing animated movies. Like, there's just there. Apparently, the new Mulan is like I have any music in it, which is crazy. What's the fucking point then? Mulan has some of the best songs in Disney history. Incredibly good songs. I mean, I literally, I mean, this isn't even a conspiracy theory anymore. They're just pumping them out before their Disney Plus launches, so they have a big catalog of stuff to put on there. As if Disney didn't already have a big catalog of stuff to put on their damn service. Yeah, like everything, like basically every big movie kids want to watch is already on there. Yeah, but instead you make these live action remakes, which. I, at the end of the day, I don't have any serious problem with them, but if you're going to make them, make one every one or two years and put real work into it. Yeah, didn't Aladdin and Lion King come out like a month apart? Yeah, and the M- Mulan's coming out in like two months. Wait, are you for real? Yeah, Mulan's coming out pretty soon. Holy shit. And then they ju- they've already cast Little Mermaid stuff. Okay, see, that shit is, they are definitely doing what you're talking about. They are definitely pumping these things out for Disney+. Plus. Okay, I was wrong. Mulan's in March of 2020, so it's, it is a little farther away. That's still but pretty still soon. not enough to where I would, you know, say that they're not doing some bullshit. I was thinking like summer 2020 at the earliest. Damn. All right, well, that's our movie shit, I guess, for this for this week. Yeah. Um, oh, I do want to say get hyped. I can't wait to go see Hobbs and Shaw. Hell yeah. It's going to be great. Um, the Fast and Furious movies are, are always fun in my opinion um, but there's something that we, I think we uh, let me see here we should probably talk about this because I don't think we talked about it last time but let me just check our notes real quick because I do want to be sure before okay. we start talking some bullshit um, okay so we did not talk. We did not. We didn't do an episode last week, so we didn't talk about the fact that uh, remember old Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein. Somebody is, tried to kill him in prison. And hint, hint. It's not for noble reasons. <laughs> Hillary because Clinton. Li- only Hillary Clinton could fuck up a jailhouse pit. Allegedly, yeah, Je- Jeffrey Epstein getting murdered would never be a bad thing. No. But the reason he is being hunted down pretty much unanimously agreed upon is that he's got dirt on people and they want him dead. Seth, do you want to know who... The, the police have not really said much about what they think yet, but do you want to know who the, the prime suspect is? Who? This guy who's... <clears throat> I'm not sure of his first name, but his last name is Tartaglioni. Okay, okay. He is an ex-cop from a small... A New York town where people like the Rockefellers live. Mm. He's in prison because he killed four gang members. Wow. Just murdered them. By himself. As part of like a drug deal gone wrong. Like, he's a crooked cop who just murdered four people. Wow. And here's the, here's where it gets crazy, okay? He was caught in his jail cell with a, a, a like a burner cell phone. On July 3rd. July 3rd is when Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. 
So they're saying that someone smuggled a phone into that cell and he got the order to do the hit then. Because they are seeking the death penalty. He has nothing to live for. Yeah. And I wit- there's an eyewitness who says they saw Tartaglione in in the jail cell with Jeffrey Epstein be- before he was found on the floor with blue marks on his neck in the field position. Yeah, so basically, Jeffrey Epstein knows that everybody ever that he's ever talked to is a child rapist. And they all know that he knows that. And they're trying to get rid of him. And they find yeah. some crook- a guy who was already a crooked cop in, in the outside world to get rid of him on the inside. It's just like the most, like, this is the, like, it's the most obvious shit, too. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. Yeah, that's, uh, it's fucked up because I would love to see Jeffrey Epstein take some people down with him. Because I'm sure he has the, I'm sure he's got dirt on some of the people that we really want to get rid of. Um, the but yeah, I, I doubt it's going to happen. The question is how effective would it even really be, you know? Like, I want to see it happen for sure. Yeah. But I'm not confident that rich people are really going to suffer any consequences for their actions. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, people who don't think that's true, I mean, a lot of it, we saw that with Trump's uh, Trump's uh, election. I mean, we saw, we had everything laid out in front of us as to why he was a verifiably terrible person. Mm-hmm. And people just didn't care. True. Um, but the thing uh, to me that's really, that's really funny about this is, so there's this writer named Alan Dershowitz. Um, mm-hmm. He's been uh, very popular for a very long time. He was one of the primary uh, architects of the Iraq War, stuff like that, you know, conservative writers. Um, well, someone dug up an old op-ed he wrote back in 1997 about why we should lower the age of consent to 15. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, okay. And the people are like laughing and being like, oh, ha ha, you're a friend of Jeffrey Epstein. You know, you're implicated in all the crimes. This is just makes you look a little more of a pedophile. Well, Alan Dershowitz, not to be outdone by the, by the Twitterati, by the, the, the leftist hordes, today published a tweet which says, quote, today, he says today now, quote, I stand by the constitutional, parentheses, not moral, argument I offered in my controversial op-ed. If a 16-year-old has a constitutional right to have an abortion without state or parental in- interference, how could she not have a constitutional right to engage in consensual sex? One out of unknown. <laughs> yeah, a little nice little uh, what's coming next kind of thing. And I'm like, read the room, man. Yeah, um, well, I decided to read the rest of his thread. Oh, shit. And so then he decides to say, and also, he stops numbering, oh, he keeps numbering them, kind of. So, he says, I challenge my readers to distinguish the cases. As a matter of constitutional law, I did not suggest that if it is moral to have sex with a 16-year-old, but rather that the issue presents a constitutional conundrum worthy of discussion. One more. Also pointed out that statutory rape laws are applied quite selectively and often against young teenagers. That's why I also say that there are Romeo and Juliet exceptions. Let's debate, not name call. End. Oh, I see. He's a fan of uh, Transformers 4. Yeah, he's a big fan of Age of Extinction. Um, 
so yeah, this guy is uh, hey, he he's got a he's sure he's got a sure he's sure headed. He he knows what he believes. The, be- um, the best part to me is he's talking about constitutional law when the Constitution has very little to say about criminal offenses. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, that defense of what he's saying. Um, but, I mean, to just to, to debate Alan Dershowitz a little bit, um, let's talk about his first point. So why can a 16-year-old girl have an abortion without interference but can't have con- cannot have consensual sex. Which, just to be clear, I want to point out: thirty-seven states do require parental interference or parental uh, permission to get an abortion. At that yes, age. that's pretty kind of standard. That's over well over half the states. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, so Alan Dershowitz. One of the reasons is um, this girl could have been non-consensually, you know, had sex upon. Is that a way to say things um and because of that she might want to get an abortion um she could have had illegal quote consensual sex even i mean you know the law says it's not and also want to get rid of the the baby that she is having so there's no there's no link here between abortion and consent and in a lot of in a lot of these cases specifically it's quite the opposite is that someone had what did not have consensual sex and wants to you know get rid of it uh, my favorite response to this tweet is another tweet that someone made a while back, which says, my, quote, not involved in human trafficking, uh, end quote, t-shirt, has people asking a lot of questions already answered by my shirt. <laughs> it's like, what are you, I mean, what are you going to say to this? Like, the motherfucker is over here talking about age consent, and he's accused of howling around with a pedophile. Like, dude, just let it go. Don't talk about it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, there's almost nothing a person can do that's more creepy than be really obsessed with age of consent. Oh yeah, people who know of age of consent in every fucking state or whatever are—they're insane. Yeah, and they're like, well, you know, Japan's way more progressive about this kind of stuff. It's oh like, yikes! Eh, let's not use the word progressive. Yeah, Japan. Japan does their own thing. Okay, yeah, we're we not Japan, Japan for a reason. We let Japan do what Japan's gonna do. Yeah, they just keep sending us PlayStations. <laughs> yeah, um, it's rough over there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So Alan Dershowitz is uh, uh, pretty much fucked. I think like if, if if Epstein does make it to trial, he's the guy who's like he's slowly seen his his upper class like connections dissolve away. So he's probably they're, they're probably going to leave him out to dry. He'll, he'll probably be you know, they're going to scapegoat him. Yeah, exactly. They're going to be like all the children you think we raped. He raped all of them. We tried to stop him. <laughs> we were the good guys. I literally jumped in front of his dick with my own body, yes, but he just, you exactly. know, he, he's, he's too strong. This, this 90-year-old man, yes. he's too strong. <laughs> Pushed me out of the way. Um, but Seth, here's, you and me, we both enjoy the television show uh, True Detective, right? Yes. Great this story. is True Detective shit. It's happening in real life. That's true. It's not in, it's like, but there's no, like, grand conspiracy where some, like, Bayou, you know, uh, uh, inbred fuckwad is, gets caught for, like, the crimes of his richer, you know, cousins. They're not trying, and he's his fall guy. They're not hiding it in back rooms, like, eyes wide shut style. It's just out in the open, and, we, and people are just like, ugh, whatever. 
And I saw it's a crazy movie. But yeah. Um, um, that's exactly what it is. And we're going to... I mean, just much like a lot of things that's happening right now, we're just going to end up turning a blind eye to it. I mean, we still... Despite all the debate, we still have Hispanic people in concentration camps on our border. Yeah. Like, nothing has changed about that, just because we all got mad about it. Nothing changed. Yep. Oh, also, I know we're done with the movie section. I did want to, we did forget to mention one very important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to give a big rest in peace to Rutger Hauer. Oh, yeah. It was very um, sad. Really, a guy who tore it up in like you know seventies, eighties, nineties movies, especially Blade Runner and RoboCop, and just a bunch of really great movies. Um, you know, Rip. Yeah, Rip. Um, great actor. He improvised his you know great speech at the end of Blade Runner. That's you know, probably probably the best part of the movie. And, I do um, want to ask though. Go ahead. Before we move on to out of movie chat, real quick, Rip Roger Hauer, uh-huh. one of one of the greats. Um, eyes wide shut. Was it you who told me how long the shoot took? It was not. I don't think it was me. Okay, but you know how long it took? No, I've heard. I've heard it took a while, but I don't remember like what the over four hundred days. Wow. And apparently, people people say that Stanley Kubrick's reason for doing that was that he wanted to break up Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Really? By like making them hate each other on this fucking set. Well, you know, good job, Stanley Kubrick. It worked. He did, yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what he stands to gain from that, but I think it, one of them, either Tom Cruise or Nicole Kidman, had turned down a role in an earlier movie of his, and so he was pissed at them. That's, that's just the rumor, anyways. Yeah. Which um, four hundred day shoot sounds like a good way to do that. Fuck. People forget that um, Eyes Wide Shut has one of the greatest last lines in movie history. Do you, remember, do you remember it? And off the top of my head, no. They're finally, you know, all the shit has, that's happened in that movie has happened. They're standing there on the street talking. And then Nicole Kidman's like, you know what we need to do? And Tom Cruise is like, what? And then she says, fuck. <laughs> and then the movie ends. It's like one of the greatest endings to a movie ever. Jesus. God. Yeah. That's great. Movie. Stanley Kubrick, one of those guys who was like, a fucking wild ride of a career. That's true. Made some of the greatest him films. As well. I still, I do always with the conspiracy theory that he shot the moon landing video. Yes, that's always been funny to me. Yeah, um, um, he would have done a way better job. Yeah, it would have looked a lot better if Kubrick had done it. Yeah, way more steady cam. <laughs> none of this, none of this amateur hour bullshit. Yeah, I, I imagine that um, Stanley Kubrick would have an aneurysm if he watched uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. <laughs> I feel like if he didn't already die, he would be dead when he watched that movie. And dude, make, have something here to go back and watch the fucking Born Identity and watch that shaky cam. Or the sequels where they did like even more with the quick cuts. Oh my god. Oh. Or no, show him that scene in uh male movie. Is it is it is it um oh man, is it is it it's the one where Liam Neeson climbs the chain link fence and it's so like it's taken three. Taken through like twenty cuts or whatever. No, in that one, I think it's a minute and a half segment, they do over 100 cuts. <laughs> Show a Kubrick that and watch him just, like, watch his brain explode. If Stanley Kubrick had any, like, vital information in his head, like, about this child rapist stuff, you could show him that scene and he'd spill everything. <laughs> he could, yeah. He'd be like, do whatever you want, just get rid of it. Oh my god, dude. Um, but yeah, rest in peace, Rutger Hauer and Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so what's what's going on in the world? It's not it's not going too great. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um, you know, the whole uh, go back to your country thing, which is so like this whole thing about like Ilhan Omar going back to her own country is like such a weird thing because all the Republicans keep saying for immigration is like, hey. We're fine with immigration as long as you come here legally and follow the correct process and become a citizen. And people like Ilhan Omar did that. They mm. did literally everything the Republicans want. And now they can just say, go back to your country. And all the other Republicans are like, yeah, that's cool. That's what we want. Yeah, all of the change, like send her back and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And every time you tell somebody that you don't like America, they're like, oh, well, then leave. But when a person from Mexico doesn't like Mexico and they try to leave, we put them in a concentration camp. Yeah, and we we tell them they should stay in their own country and fix it themselves. That, like, what what the fuck is up with that? That and okay, let's say let's say that you did leave America, you went somewhere else. Where can you go that we won't still be able to get you though? Like, what country on earth is not under America's thumb? Yeah, it's true. I mean, people are like, oh yeah, go to Canada, and I'm like, I mean, maybe you find something marginally better in Canada, but. It's not like you're divorced from America at that point. Yeah. Uh, did you know that even if you leave the country, your student loans still follow you? Of course. What are you talking about? It's great, dude. They're not um, giving up that. But I just want to give a real quick big shout out to uh, to Chelsea Clinton. You know why? Why? Because this Ilhan Omar stuff goes back to her. She started this shit. Really? All the way I back. Heard this. When Ilhan Omar was talking about APAC, the, the American Israel whatever the fuck, um, she made a joke tweet where she said, uh, someone was talking about how APAC basically buys Congress people, and her joke was, you know, it's all about the Benjamins, you know, the, the, the famous you know, lyric. And oh yeah, and they said that was anti-Semitic, right? Yeah, yeah, Chelsea Clinton was on the, was on the like, this is anti-Semitic and gross, and that got the whole fucking ball rolling for all these people. So fuck you, Chelsea Clinton, for starting this whole start, starting this what has now become a huge, you know, racist backlash against it. What is, in my opinion, who is, in my opinion, the best congressperson we have right now? Yeah, and from the party that is uh, on the surface supposed to not be racist. Yeah, it's great. And then, um, oh, the Democrats made a pretty a pretty great move this past week. They oh, did they draft um, Zion Williamson? <laughs> Was that their big thing? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, he's going to be the new speaker of the house pretty soon. Nice, um, good pickup. Yeah, but uh, what happened was so there's this thing. It's this fake thing we have called the debt ceiling. Um, oh, they raised it again, and as yeah. if it matters. It's like it's a video game at this point. Yeah, it's like a level cap and a fucking MMO or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't oh, patch. Yeah. Um, so every time the debt ceiling comes up, everyone makes a big deal about it, but in the end, everyone decides to, to raise it up. Uh, but, but the Republicans have used this, the debt ceiling in the past as a cudgel to, like, not get any legislation passed until the Democrats have made concessions. So this time, the Democrats control the House, so they could, if they wanted to, successfully use the debt ceiling to force the Republicans to do certain things. Do you want to know what they did instead? What? They approved the, the debt ceiling through, I'm not kidding you here, spring 2021. My God. So the rest of Trump's term, they will not have that lever to use against him. And the best part is, it's going to come up right when a theoretical Democratic, you know, incoming president will be trying to get their 100-day agenda done. 
Yeah. I'm not a politician, but I just I just don't think these I mean, these are bad moves. Nancy Pelosi is a fucking idiot. It's like if you know, we're talking about video games here. If you if this was a, a game of Civ Five, you'd be like, Man, these Democrats just don't know what they're doing. They got they gotta start a new game. Like did you see what Chuck Schumer's big agenda was last week? God no. It was, uh, uh, dear Americans, please be afraid. Face app is owned by a Russian country. So you're oh, giving yeah. them your face data. As if we haven't already done that. It's like, how many apps right now are owned by the fucking CIA or the FBI that have our data? Like, fuck you. Yeah, the fucking, a couple of months ago, or like at the beginning of this year, there was that whole like 10 year challenge where it's like show a picture of yourself now and then like 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it's like that shit was just made to make facial recognition software and de-aging software better yep they just crowdsourced that shit and i mean so i mean that's just how it, that's just what the, and they're just going to use that for facial recognition and to be able to profile people better so who the fuck cares russia already has what they want yeah, it's like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, oh, some, I don't know, some chat app or whatever is is owned by a company in China. Again, who gives a fuck? Yeah, I saw, um... Damn, I just lost my train of thought. My God. Like, the NSA, yeah, we know ahead. for a fact, has been collaborating with computer manufacturers for decades to put a backdoor into every single computer in basically the entire goddamn world that is made through an American manufacturer. Why should I give a shit if Russia has my face data? You have a backdoor in my computer whenever you want. Yeah. Like, it doesn't bother me at this point. And also, um... Nobody cares about Russia anymore. We're just, according to, uh, who is it, Mitch McConnell, we're just going to let them uh, interfere in our next election, too? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're just like, who cares? I saw an Onion article that was like, uh, Russian election rigor angry with how easy it's becoming with gerrymandering. <laughs> it's, it's remarkable, dude. It's just absolutely crazy. I just don't know. Like, is there, is this like... Rocky, where the is are Democrats Rocky? They just get the shit beat out of them for hours and hours, and then they're gonna finally come back and win something. Or are they just gonna take shit forever? They're gonna take shit forever. They're not gonna like, do what, anything. I just don't understand why they like. I don't understand why they have to give up everything. What do they? What? What does? Do they understand politics or strategy at all? No, they don't. I don't understand. Like, and the thing is. Everybody is incompetent, but for some reason, the incompetent Republicans are the ones who get what they want. I don't understand how these incompetent Democrats can't be a little less incompetent. I mean, if you think about it, a person could be forgiven for thinking that that the Democrats aren't actually trying to oppose the Republicans. Yeah. You could get on that fucking conspiracy theory shit and think to yourself... Well, they're just working together because it's not like the Democrats actually suffer when they don't get what they want. They're still getting paid. Their their advisors are still getting paid. Their consultants are getting paid. In my opinion, the Democratic Party is one big fucking grift. Yeah, it. it I don't know. I don't actually think they serve any real interest. They serve one interest, and that's the, the money interests. They they keep they keep the the, the liberal side of the rich uh, complacent because they'll never advance any kind of like okay did you see Kamala Harris's debt forgiveness uh, program Seth? No, it came out. Oh wait, s- no, isn't it like you get loan forgiveness 
if you've like graduated with a business degree and have a successful business in a small market for over three years. What if I told you said that it was worse than what you just said? Okay. It's only for Pell Grant recipients. Oh yeah, that I forgot about that one. You have to operate a business in a disadvantaged area, whatever that means, for three years, and then they'll forgive up to $20,000 of Pell Grant money. Wow. That is dog shit. I think someone ran the math, and like literally the number of people, the number of people this would apply to would be double digits. That's crazy. It's like that. People see that, and for some reason, it motivates them more than Bernie Sanders' plan of let's just fucking trash it all. I actually, I disagree because I've seen even liberals, like neoliberals, on Twitter being like, "What the fuck is this policy even?" Yeah, I actually do think people like Kamala Harris are losing some traction because of shit like that. Yeah, you roll out some shit like that at ten thirty p.m. on a Saturday night, and people are like, "What the fuck is this? This is bullshit." Like, anyone could tell you that's a bad policy. Yeah, it's it's garbage, and it doesn't actually... It doesn't... Like, I mean, it doesn't even sound nice, either. It's not like one of those things where you say it, and it's like, damn, that sounds good, and it's actually garbage. It just completely sounds terrible. Yeah. It, it, once someone explains to you the steps involved, it's like, that's not even really step student debt forgiveness. That's That's for nobody. Yeah, it's just... I mean, I don't... Hell, I mean, at least make some big campaign promises that you'll then not keep and look bad. Instead, you just make stupid stuff that yeah, no do, one cares about. Yeah, do, do the Elizabeth Warren. Exactly. Um, meanwhile, Bernie Sanders is taking people to Canada to buy insulin. Have you heard about what's going on with insulin, by the way? Oh, it's going to get real bad for people who have, I mean, it's already bad for people who need insulin. It's going to be really hard for you to actually stay alive pretty soon. So uh, uh, the same vial of insulin that costs uh, 30-something dollars in Canada costs about 500 here in America. Yeah. And so Bernie Sanders on CNN literally said that, that pharmaceutical executives are murderers. I mean, they are. There's no yeah. way around it to say that somebody, that somebody who has a disease that they can't control having has to have 500 extra dollars all the time to stay alive. Yeah. What kind of rule is that? What kind of weird system does that? Capitalism. That's the system. Yeah. It's like every fucking week I hear a new terrible story about some kid who tried to ration their insulin and died. And these are 100% preventable deaths. Yeah. It's like you see all these stories. It's like, oh, this kid started a GoFundMe and sold his own shoes for five years and was able to buy enough insulin for a month. And people are like, this is so great, isn't it? And it's like, no! Mm. We GoFundMe should not exist! It shouldn't be a site that we have to have. No, it shouldn't. It is. It has replaced American healthcare. Yeah, I think the, the, the CEO of GoFundMe even said that like two-thirds of the GoFundMes are for medical debt. Yes! And... Uh, yeah, I always see these stories on local news, whatever, about how, you know, this kid started, he started a leash blowing business to pay for his mom's cancer treatments. Isn't this uplifting? And it's like, fuck you, no, it's not. I mean, I've said it once on the show, and I'll say it again. The best show in the history of American television, besides The Wire, is about a man who can't afford cancer treatments on his teacher's salary, so becomes a crystal meth lord. Mm-hmm. 
That is the plot to a very good show that shouldn't exist. I mean, hell, one of my favorite movies of all time is about a guy who his son cannot get the surgery he needs, so he takes a goddamn hospital hostage and tells them that he won't let them go until they give his son the surgery. Yes, Flatliners. I know. <laughs> it's great. The new one, of course. But, like, um, this problem is one we know that exists, and, and we just make movies and TV shows about it. Yeah, and we're literally shouting into a void right now. That's all we're doing. And like, I mean, we make these movies and these shows, and we make these podcasts, and it's just a big empty void of no one fucking cares apparently. And there's an entire there's there is someone Bernie Sanders with an actual plan to deal with this, like a way to fix it. And all the fucking media punditry class wants to do is talk about how oh how are you going to pay for it? How is it feasible? And I'm like, how do you pay for the $700 billion uh, military budget? I'm telling you, that's my best idea ever. Cut the military budget by 95%. Like, back in February, we learned that over the past fucking, like, 20-something years, did you know that the fucking uh, Pentagon has just lost $21 trillion? But they just can't find it? No, they, they spent it on black projects. So the money is not accountable. No one knows where it went or what it was spent on. It was spent on shit that's top secret. So they essentially just threw twenty-one trillion dollars into a hole, and we forgot about it. Yeah, and we don't ever question the Defense Department ever. It's insane the things they get away with, dude. I'm like, they're just like, oh, they're so successful. I guess they're doing it right. Am I gonna say this? I'm gonna say this on the podcast because it's it, it spoils the the new Amazon show, The Boys. Mm-hmm. But that show is 100,000% a commentary on the military industrial complex and how it manipulates America. And again, it's a fictional television show that we're using to expose these problems that we then just shrug and ignore in real life. Like so many things, like Wally with environmental catastrophe. Oh, it's a fun movie about a robot who folds up trash or whatever. No, it's not! <laughs> It's a horror movie! Oh my god, dude. It fucking kills me, man. It kills me. And like, that's, well, The big thing we're talking about is... Like, we keep making these movies and television shows, all these costumes, and we watch them. And we're like, yeah, that's crazy. We should change that. Let's change it. And then nothing fucking happens. Everybody go read Mark Fisher's Capitalist Realism. It talks about this exact phenomenon. It's, it changed my perspective on things. It's great. Um... But but yeah, it's it's just like I don't know how to I don't know what we what to how to get. There's the thing I remember that if it, when I'm talking to people in my actual like face to face in life, people I know, coworkers, you know, friends, people like that, it's so easy to get them to agree that we should have some kind of universal healthcare system because everyone knows this shit is busted. Everyone knows it's bad. Everybody knows somebody who's uh, who has huge medical debt or someone who would not be alive without Medicare or something like that. And everyone thinks it's a great idea. 70% of independents, whatever that means, agree Medicare for all will be a great idea for, for everybody. But the media is just committed 
to driving this idea into the ground because they represent the rich money interests in this country who do not want to see radical change occur. They cannot bear the idea that they might get charged more money to pay for health care that regular people need. Yeah. So, I hate the fact that Donald Trump has taken the line of the media is enemy because he's fucking right. But he's also wrong in the sense that they're not opposed to him. They're opposed to us. Yeah, they, they're, like Bernie Sanders said, they're trying to get rid of us. I mean, this is, this is me going back to fucking to, 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 to 2016 shit, but how many times did Bernie Sanders have a rally and CNN kept their fucking cameras on an empty podium at a Trump rally for hours when they going to show up talking about when's Trump going to show up? What's he going to say? While Bernie Sanders is out there trying to fucking tell people some real shit. And they ignored that in favor of the fucking clown show. And look what fucking yeah. happened. How many times did, despite any numbers, the media paint it as, oh, Bernie Sanders, commendable candidate. He's a great, he has good followers. Never going to win the presidency, though. Even though, he, even though he had a legitimate chance, so many people in America were just like, oh yeah, Bernie's cool, but he was never on president, so why should I care about him? Just because the media said that. There was no actual indication that Bernie Sanders couldn't have done it. The media just said it, and then of course the DNC fucked him over. But that was, that was such a narrative that everyone I met was just like, oh yeah, I think Bernie Sanders is a cool guy, but he'll never win, so I'm just going to vote for somebody else. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I mean, I was one of those people who was like, oh, Bernie's great. He's not going to win. But you know what? I still voted for him. Yep. Because, I mean, my thought was, I had I, I was like the same as the Brexit people, basically, but I, I didn't get what I wanted. I thought, oh, Clinton's going to win anyways, but I love Bernie, so I'm going to vote for him. doesn't matter, though. And But I feel like some people, some people had the opposite thought, where I was like, oh, Clinton's going to win. I'll vote for the winning team or not vote at all, you know? Yeah. And I, it's just it's just crazy to me, dude. Um but you know what, Bernie 2020, I'm hoping. Uh, let's get let's get this shit done, man. Yeah, let's get a man in office. I think we think we're I think we've kind of uh, done a full yeah. hour I think here. I think we're tapped. Yeah. Um. So it's good. We missed we missed last week, but we um make it back this week stronger than ever. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you can find me on Twitter, um, Smith. Uh, I'm on Twitter at MC Surf. You can find me on Twitter at Life of Seth. Um, our art was done by Marcus Barkley. Uh, he is usually here, uh, but he is not this time. He's out fucking on the streets fighting capitalism fist to fist. That's right. He is definitely doing that. And it looks right from his Discord. Yep, that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's not playing Risk of Rain 2. He's not playing Black Desert Online. Oh, even worse. Um, our theme song was done by Ben Powell. He's been a guest on the show before, especially on our movie review episodes. Um, he has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown where they talk about wrestling and they're both from the South. So if that sounds interesting, you should go check him out. Well, let's see here. Um, <laughs> we've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. Um, fuck Kevin Durant. No, Tom Brady, the film first reformed. And also, rest in peace, Rutger Hauer. Indeed, indeed. Um, you can lead a horse or water, but you can't make him get under it. And from New Orleans to New York. That's the little podcast, baby. We're out. Out.